Welcome to Live Committed. It's a central platform for the Aerial Tribe community, where we believe in individuals about executing the discipline of standards plus habits are going to equal results in their life. On this podcast, we want to provide a space where you can learn to grow through conversations and connection with other people to reach the highest vision that you have for yourself, mind, body, and spirit. And at Aerial Tribe, we are passionate about results. So whether you're feeling stuck in your business, your marriage, your spiritual journey, or whatever is going on in your life, we'd love to invite you to the tribe to learn how you can live a committed life. You can always visit us at www.ariel-tribe.com. That's A-R-I-E-L-tribe.com to learn more about who we are and how to get connected to the tribe. So Aaron, let's get on with the show. Hello again, everyone. My name is Aaron, and I am here with my main man, Jason Jenkins. How you doing? I'm doing great, Aaron. How are you doing today? Doing so good. We are back with another episode here, and I'm super excited to talk about this one. As a pastor, this one is pretty central to who I am. Uh, I want to I wanna just offer a piece of my story here so that we can kind of set a context for why we're talk- tackling this topic. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I believe that the Bible teaches us um, is central to the mission of Jesus is to go into the world and make disciples. And um, that call has been placed on anyone who claims to be a follower of Jesus. And that uh, is significant to me because um, that's something that if if I'm going to ask people to follow Jesus, to follow the Bible, which... Um, I do. Yeah. It's kind of your job a little it's, bit. It's a little bit of my job um, <laughs> that uh, I want to make sure that we're doing all of it yeah. uh, and, and doing it with integrity. Um, and, and so we can't get away from that. And then the, the problem with that is the church has not done a great job of making disciples. Um, disciples of Jesus should look and act like Jesus. Um, and that's that's the big piece that I think the church wrestles with is that as you look at people who attend church, um, statistically, they, they're just as addicted, uh, as the world is. They're just as in debt as the world is. The divorce rate is the same in the church and out of the church. Um, our kids look the same, you know, there, there's not, and, and there's a place for, uh, people coming into the church that just, they don't know any better, but there should be a, a hefty percentage of Jesus followers that stand apart from what the world values and says, no, we value something better. Um, And I would go just at the beginning of this, all the way back to what you were talking about with uh, your mentor that has the school. Senyo. Senyo. Yeah, good old Senyo. Senyo with lots of O's in his name. Lots of O's in Senyo. (laughs) Adjibaloso. Good luck. Google it. Yeah. Um, his, His book on leadership, like what the irony is, when you say love, grace, forgiveness, and compassion, grace, forgiveness, and compassion. These are the things that all successful leadership models have to have at their core. Correct. Uh, that feels so counter to our culture. 100%. And yet it's so Jesus-y, right? Like that's a word we made up just for this podcast. Jesus-y. I'm going to, I like that. Yeah. Okay. So, so it feels right. Like intuitively we could go, yeah, but we're not seeing people walking that out very much even people who call themselves followers of jesus they're working for money they're working for the bottom line they're working for whatever but it's not to put on display love grace forgiveness and compassion 
And so I feel like the church has got to do a better job of um, really helping people transform into the image of Jesus, which is what our goal is. Romans 8, 28 is one of the most famous passages in the whole Bible. It says um, that all things work for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his holy purpose, right? Which I hate that verse <laughs> um, because it gets people get... Uh, Bible beat with that verse. You know, I'm having a bad day. Well, all things work for good. Yeah. There's several things there. Um, one is that it doesn't say that all things are good. It says that all things work for good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what that means is good can come out of tragedy, but the next verse explains how. What it says is because those he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ. The reason why hard things work in our benefit is because if we'll let it, they can bring about a better version of Jesus living in all of us. And that is kind of our, that's our objective. Our objective is not to live our life and then we say yes to Jesus, adding Jesus, hoping that it will go better. Our objective is that we actually look and act like him. And that becomes a really significant conversation where in our culture, do we see the followers of Jesus that truly look and act like him? And I'm not talking about, well, he's God and I'm not. I'm talking yeah. about people with the heart and mind of Christ. Where are they? Yeah, and you know, it's, it's a daily battle. Like I'm just, as I'm listening to you preach, Pastor, that's great. <laughs> uh, it's a challenge, I think, for all of us that as we take a step back and, I mean, I even find myself personally wrestling with that conflict on a daily basis. Like, God, hey, I kind of need you to show up kind of now or catch up or versus reversing that the other way. Yeah. It's, it's really a challenge because our culture doesn't promote that. Our culture is about let's go crush this. Yep. And if you're not, well, then there's something wrong with you. Yep. And, and if you're not doing A, B, C, and D, especially in this world of social media, um, you know, that we're all exposed to, but yet especially the younger generation, when you and I talk about this with our kids, this, this idea that this is the standard in which they should try to live their lives, you're like, that's just a fallacy. It's just a, a facade that's not real and not, and that's not what God has in store for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about, I had this conversation recently with one of my kids, just we have, when we, when we make a decision or when we decide a viewpoint about the world that we're going to hold to, we have several um, inputs of data that we're going to look at. We're mm-hmm. going to look at culture. We're going to look at the news. We're going to look at our friends. We're going to, you know, if we if we say we're a Christian, we're going to look at what the Bible says. We're going to look at what God thinks about this. My question is, on the list of priorities, where does what God thinks fit? Because if God, what God thinks is the top priority, then the rest of those things have to take their place in that. If, if what God thinks is just one amongst other inputs of data, then probably the, the biblical worldview gets lost in that shuffle somewhere. And so part of our role is to call people to this higher standard of um, actually living out, what does God think about this? Which is yeah. so important because the world was created by him. Yep. It was created for him. This is what this is what the, the New Testament teaches. And in him, all things hold together. That, that means that he's the one who, by designing it, designed it to function in a certain kind of way. And he's the only one that understands how creation is supposed to actually function. 
So when, you know, we shouldn't be surprised when a God of love, grace, forgiveness, and compassion creates a world where the greatest leadership attributes are love, grace, forgiveness, and compassion. Yeah. <laughs> like that shouldn't <laughs> surprise us, but we go, wow, that's so counterintuitive yeah. because the world we live in is my space, my way, my world, my time, my kingdom, my thoughts, my ideas. These seven habits, these seven traits, that's what makes a great leader when really the foundation is what Senor talks about and, you know, and how do you, you can't get away from that. Yeah. You, you can't because that's really what's sustainable. If you're going to walk in and, and change a culture, going to change, you know, your family, you're going to find yourself getting back to those every single time. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Time. And it's, it's what I, I know this, you know, even with, even with my kids, but with people that I'm discipling or people that are speaking into my life, there's a couple of ways that you can approach correction, right? Um, one would be, hey, you're wrong, and I want you to know how wrong you are. Yeah. And I want you to feel bad for being wrong, which is efficient. That's an efficient way to communicate, but it's not effective. Like, I don't want to listen to you when you come at me that way. Yeah. I kind of want to punch you. Yeah. And, um, and then run away and never see you never again. Never see you again. <laughs> because, because it doesn't matter. You know, John Maxwell years ago, he's like, it doesn't matter. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care which is kind of a silly reflexive platitude, but it's true. Like we've got to begin to actually look and act like Jesus to carry the mind of Christ, his truth, his ideas, his, but also the heart of Christ, that, that his mind, his truth is set in the bubble of this heart of love, grace, compassion, and forgiveness. Correct. The other day I was, I was reading in the Bible, and because uh, I do that from time to time, <laughs> And uh, something hit me that was really interesting. So I have been visiting with uh, my counselor about um, the aerial tribe and the aerial invitation and um, the effect that it's having on people. Like the, I'm I'm surprised. I, I probably shouldn't be, but I'm surprised at the effect, the transformation that's happening with people in the process of being in these 87 days. And um, I had this theory that uh, I threw at my counselor and I said, here's what I think may be the reason why. I think that what may be the reason is because this is pushing whole person development. And the, the reason why that matters is because like, let's say Jason, you have, you have a problem and I have a problem. We're struggling with the same problem, but for you, that problem is rooted in uh, wrong thinking, like yeah, I have a bad thinking pattern or I have misinformation in my head. And because of that, I do X. And for me, I'm, I'm struggling with it because I have a fracture in the way that I f f process my feelings, you know, those kinds of things. Well, if you find a tool that is really helpful and transformational for you in dealing with this issue, yeah. we have the same issue. You give me that tool. It's not helpful because for me, the root of that issue is coming from a different place. And I think one of the things that happens in, you know, the many of the guys groups that I've been a part of or the discipleship groups or accountability groups is we, we have somebody in the group that finds something that's really helpful for them. And they come in, they're like, I'm so excited about this. Yeah. And they're coming off the top rope, you know, and you have to do <laughs> you this. you got to do this. Yeah, it's people, working out. People are like, okay, okay, we'll try it. And then they're like, meh. Like it didn't really, yeah. it didn't really hit, it hit different for them because they were... Um, <clears throat> 
they agree that the issue is an issue, but it's rooted in something different. And I think that my, th my theory about this holds true. The reason why the aerial invitation is so profound for people is because it's pushing the whole person, mind, body, and spirit at the same time. Everything's moving forward. Correct. And, and that means that whether or not the problem is rooted in my mind, my heart, uh, in, in my soul, like I have a, a, some kind of a spiritual issue going on, or, or it's rooted in my body, which we're going to talk about here some, um, it doesn't matter. It's all growing forward. So I'm, I'm attacking the problem from all fronts. So let's say we share the same problem yeah. for you. It's mental for me. It's emotional. Uh, it doesn't matter because for both of us, all of us is growing together as we're Correct. doing this challenge together. And that makes it super transformational. And I think that's what we're seeing with those that are doing the invitation. Yep. Right. Is that like, to your point is that you don't know they're, they're addressing the principles of life. When you talk about, you know, showing compassion, uh, all the way to, Hey, doing something active for 30 minutes a day, you know, to all of those things. And then being spiritually, uh, if it's reading the Bible or another spiritual book, you're tapping on all three of those components consistently. And anytime that does that, all of a sudden, what you were working on emotionally, my mental, we're seeing that progress. Yep. And that's exciting. Yeah. That's really exciting because to the point, you, you can't isolate the heart. You can't isolate the mind. You can work on those one pieces. But if I'm going to bring, you know, Aaron Couch forward or Jason Jenkins forward, well, there's the physical component that's going to be a part of that. And you can't dismiss that. Right. And, you, and, you, and one doesn't overshadow the other. We were just talking about that from a pie chart perspective. Right. You know, the heart's not greater than the mind and the mind's not greater than the body. All three of them have a balanced approach. And when you do that, that is where that, that word of transformation begins to take place. And I think what's interesting from my perspective is that each individual is going to feel that in their own unique way. Yeah. Right. So we talk about this on the other episodes of like whatever that bears, you're going to go wrestle with. That's going to be unique to each one of us. Yep. You know, just, I was just talking to my wife out over the weekend. I'm like, yeah, that's the bear that I'm, I'm, I see it and I get to look at it and, and it's real and it wants to show up in my life. And I've got to really deal with that. Um, you know, and, and then she was like, well, let me tell you about mine. You know what I mean? And, and how uniquely they all were in the same household and married and, and doing great, but how unique each one of those are, you know, to us as individuals. But when you attack it, with the way I think the invitation set, everyone's going to progress. Yes. It's only going to come down to like good old principles of life. You're going to get out of it what you put into it. Yep. And I think that's why we're seeing so many people be affected by it. So I'm currently doing the 87 day um, challenge with a, with a group of four guys and we're almost done. I think we're in day 73 or 74. Um, the, the interesting thing is when we got into the back 40 and we picked our area of focus, everybody picked a different area of focus. For me, I, I really wanted to tie into a spiritual focus. I wanted to focus more on prayer. I wanted to focus uh, more on just cultivating um, intimacy with God for me. Uh, one of the guys uh, focused on personal development He's like, I really need to learn how to love myself. And that came from a genuine, mm. sincere place like that. That was really cool. cool. And then really cool. and then another guy was like, I really need to focus on loving my family better. I need to learn how to be a better husband, better father. And That's so great. we have these different pieces that. So the great thing is, if we have a common issue, 
we can do this together because all parts are growing. If we have a different area of focus, it also works because we're moving forward together with this total development. So we're still talking about the same journey. We're talking about what we're reading. We're talking about um, how we're how we're disciplining ourselves. We're talking about you know what is the Lord showing you. We're talking we're talking about all these things holistically. So regardless of where we're coming from, it's working. Yeah. Um, for a long time, the Lord has been working on me about this integrated idea of mind, body, and spirit. And I've been kind of reluctant to talk too much about it because in the church, and especially coming from the stage, when you talk about the value of the physicality of a person, that just feels super <laughs> fleshly, right? It feels super yeah. fleshly. And, and I have wrestled with that because I recently read an enormous book called um, Man and Woman, He Created Them, The Theology of the Body by Pope John Paul II. And it was, for the most part, it was like wading through mud up to your waist. Yeah, it it was, sounds, that sounds pretty intense. It was hard to read. It, and it, what it is is a compilation of a series of lectures that he gave. So the unfortunate reality is it was never originally presented as a written document. Oh, okay. It was compiled a series of lectures. And, and it's hard to read. It's hard to follow. But every like just about the time I'd be like, okay, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> there would be a paragraph or two that would be like, that's gold. That gotcha. is just tremendous. And one of the things that he talks about in there a lot is about the integration of the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. He talks about the importance of the physicalness of a human. Like it's not evil. It's actually a gift. Your physicality was there prior to sin. So the, the physicality of you is not evil. Um, and, and there are whole church theologies built around that idea. Uh, I think it's significant to wrestle with that then if that's true how then do we use the body in a redeemed way um, in order to bring about transformation for ourselves advancing of the kingdom of God how do we harness it yeah rather than trying to deny or pretend like it's not there because denial of the physical side of us which is not the same thing as the flesh I should probably explain that the flesh is the is the part of us that tries to take our physical desires and use them in a selfish way. That's not the same as it's bad to have the desires. We have physical desires. Yeah, we're going to have physical desires. Hunger is not bad. It's nope. a physical desire. The desire for sex is not bad. It's a physical desire. And it's the flesh that tries to get us to extend those into unhealthy ways. Right. But the physical appetite itself isn't evil. It's the flesh that makes them evil. And so it's this weird uh, dynamic where we can hold in tension the fact that these physical desires were actually there before sin. This isn't evil. It's just that those physical desires can also be easily corrupted by a propensity for selfishness. Correct. And so we have to walk in that tension. Well, the answer has been throughout um, years of Christian doctrine has been, well, just deny it. Just deny it, deny it, deny it, deny it. Yeah. Well, you can't. You can't. You can't deny it. It's no, not working. It's not working. But then there's the other part that you and I have talked about, is just the practical side that when you feel better, you know, and you're able to function better and just your awareness and your energy, you know, how that propels us, you know, in, in all that we do, both professionally and personally and spiritually. Yep. And we, we know that 
Um, but how much time and attention do we really put towards that? Absolutely, absolutely. And we know, like, there's an interesting connection, even in the Bible, between what we eat and our spiritual connection to, to the Lord. In fact, uh, I believe it's the book of Deuteronomy where um, God is talking to the people, and he says, remember when I, I had you eat no bread and drink no wine so that you could hear my voice? Like there was this connection, even from God's perspective of what you put in your body has an effect on your capacity to hear God's voice. And that doesn't mean you should never drink, because if you're going to take it there, that means you should also never eat bread, which we also, yeah. I mean, we know we don't do that. Um, but that being said, it is there is a connection between our what we eat, just the physical reality of God. how we satisfy that, that appetite, and our spiritual connectedness. And the church has done so well at emphasizing the spiritual side of a person to the detriment of the emotional and physical side of a person. So we like the mental world because that's safe, right? Yeah. We, we treat our relationship with the Lord as a mental exercise. And we deny the, the emotional realities and the physical realities of being in that. And I've, so I've been wrestling with all this stuff and um, trying to put my mind around, like, God, what I, I can't just say... I can't go to the world and go, here's what I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I was reading um, Jesus's greatest commandment. They ask him, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This is the first piece of what's known as the Shema prayer in the Jewish world and, and is by far one of the most ancient and the most commonly prayed prayers in the Jewish world. Every morning and every night, they pray this prayer together. Uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You'll love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. Jesus then picks up on that, and he says the second one's like it, to love your neighbor as yourself, um, as if those two things are intrinsically connected. And so I began to it was like God punched me between the eyes of this. He's like, pay attention because this most ancient of prayers that I've had people all the way back since the beginning of them being my people, I've been asking them to love the Lord with all of their heart. Well, okay. So what does that mean? Love the Lord with all your heart. Well, the easy answer is a heart for us is where we feel in the old Testament world. The heart wasn't where they feel they felt in their bowels. Really? Yeah. So, so the bowels, and that's, they, I mean, there's that That's stories. where that kind of gut yeah, that, feeling. And you can make sense why they would say why. Okay. They're, I could see that. Their gut. Yep. Okay. And, but the heart <clears throat> was the place of where we process information. So it is about feeling, but it's also about thinking. It's this information processing space. Gotcha. So love the Lord with all the ways that you process information. All the secret places that you, when when somebody does something or says something or you have a situation that you have to get through, love the Lord with how you process all of that. Um, and then to love the Lord with all of your soul, which is your the very breath of life. The um, nefesh is the the Hebrew root of that word. Nafshikah is the, is the cognate of that word. Um, but the breath of life, the the very the very being of you, the thing that the thing about you that transcends the physicality, that piece. Love God with all of that, um, and then 
he says to love the Lord with all of your strength, your meodeka, which would be easy, best translated, love the Lord with all your very. Uh, meod, is a, it means very. And, and so the question is, what, is that, what does that mean? Uh, the, the effort, the energy, you can see why they would translate it strength. Yeah, okay, the, that's interesting. Yeah, the, the, it's the, the idea of what you, what you do with your body. Love the Lord with all of it. And, and so we have to think about what does it mean to love the Lord with how I process information? What does that look like? But this is this rem- daily reminder. And Jesus says it's the most important thing we can do, right? This is the greatest commandment. So we ought to pay attention to it. Yeah. Um, love the Lord with all your heart. Love the Lord with how you process information. Love the Lord with the very being of you, the, the part of you that transcends this world, the the mystical piece of you. Love the Lord with that part that when you're pondering, like Psalm 8, when I look into the stars and see the works of your finger, look into the night skies and see the works of your fingers, the sun, the moon, and the stars, what is man that you're mindful of him? Like, love the Lord with how you look at that, that space. Um, and then love the Lord with all of your strength, all of the energy, the, the way that you use your physical body. Love the Lord with that. Yeah. Well, what does that look like? And that's the part that, that I feel like God has been piecing together for me really over the last couple of years. Like what, what does it mean as, as, we, as we love the Lord with all of our strength? What does that mean? And I think uh, that that means several things. I think, number one, it means love the Lord with how you spend your energy or don't. This is why I think the, the early church fathers picked up on this idea of laziness being one of the seven deadly sins. We know intuitively that when we don't, um, when we don't put proper energy into life, that it's a detriment and the lazier we are the worse we feel we Correct. also know that the more that we force ourselves to exercise and we go i don't have the energy to exercise we also know that it's the exercise that gives us energy correct but so how do i love the lord in that space when i know that i should be working on a project but i choose to sit or when i know that i should be uh, doing playing with my kids, but I choose to go isolate myself. When I when I know that I should be working out, but I choose to not do that. I choose to sit and not do anything. Be lazy. All of those things are evidences of how we love the Lord with all of our strength. This is why Paul says um, in First Corinthians, he says, I, I, "I buffet my body, make it my slave." Uh, what does that mean? I buffet yeah. my body. It doesn't say a buffet. It's spelled yeah. the same. Um, I wish it said buffet because yeah. I enjoy a good buffet. That would be fun. <laughs> but that that's the, what does it mean to love the Lord your God with your whole, with your strength? And I feel like as we're, as we are walking through this aerial invitation, this 87 yeah. days, what we're finding is that we're really inviting people accidentally. We were doing, we did it accidentally, unintentionally. Um, but now what we're observing is that people are being invited into this all of your heart all of your soul, all of your strength, this first and greatest commandment. Yeah, I think it even gets down to, I, I forget who it was at the church. She was like, man, I don't feel like working out today, but she went for a walk and then she it got better to a run and a jog. And that translates over to your spiritual walk. Mm-hmm. It translates over to, you know, your emotional side because all of a sudden it's progress, it's momentum 
So sometimes you don't know which one is going to pull you first. You know, it could be the heart that pulls the the physical side or you're like, <clears throat> yeah, I'm not worried about that. But, you know, just getting out and grinding away starts to pull the spiritual side out. It all comes together in this. It doesn't matter which one's broken. And that's the cool part. Yep. It, it, for all of us, and, and here's the thing. So I was talking about we're sharing an issue. You have a mental brokenness. I have an emotional brokenness um, about that issue at our root. The truth is I have other issues that are rooted in mental brokenness. I have other issues. You know what I mean? Like it's not like my emotions are broken. Therefore, that's the source of all my problems. Yeah. It's it, We're all a combination of all of it. And so... It doesn't matter which one's driving which one. What matters is that we're making a right choice to push all three of those at the same time in a good direction. Then all of these issues start to take their proper place in within our psyche. Correct. And it's super powerful. Yeah, and if you're listening to this for the first time and you're like, what is this invitation thing all about? You know, encourage you, one, check it out on the site um, at ariel-tribe.com. But secondly... You know, it's it's a it's a two phase program that's been built and designed where, you know, the first forty days is, is focused on a set of daily uh, rituals or you know practices, and it's the second forty days. It's going to be the same thing, but like Aaron was mentioning, in that forty days, what we're finding and what we're discovering is that your heart and your mind and your body is prepared uh, to go wrestle, like I said, with the bear, whatever is that thing. So, like you had mentioned. Uh, one of the gym was like, I got to love my family better. Yeah. Then the other one was like, I got to love myself better. Yours is, hey, how do I, how do I connect better with Christ? Uh, and so, so what is that? Um, just so for those that are listening, uh, you know, we keep mentioning the aerial invitation. Um, and the reason we called it an invitation and not a challenge is because the idea is that this is not meant to be accomplished and then, you know, get a certificate or a medal and, you know, look at it on the shelf. The idea is that the invitation is that you want to change your life in a way that's sustainable Yep. because you are depositing in all three of these areas equally. Uh, I know that's your view, my view. That's why we're doing this. Um, we personally have seen the benefits of that. Um, know that we're literally doing this on a daily basis in the way of just, okay, God, where are you? And some days we're great at it and some days we're not. Um, but what we do know is, is that this is a tool that for those that embrace it, grab it, and lean into this, your life will change. Absolutely. It just will. And that's not a sales pitch. That's that's just what we're seeing. Yeah, that's, that's the a, truth. And the, yeah. there's there's nothing to sell there. Yeah, the, the invitation's free. free. Yeah, it's free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that's what's exciting and why we're doing this is um, a lot of the times the physical component, and you know this better uh, than myself because you, you are a pastor and, and you come from that, that it's not really preached about. Right. It's just not put a spotlight on, you know, not everyone's got to be able to go run a marathon. You know, it's that's not the point. The point is, is that, you know, how can you be your best version? Yep. The point is making your body a slave. That, yeah. that your body physically serves you rather than you serving your body. And that shows up in, in you know, this is a topic I'd love to be able to preach on, but I think half the <laughs> church would leave, you know, to like what you eat matters. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you have to be fit. And that's not about what's on the number on the scale. It's not about any of that Correct. stuff. It's about choosing what's right for your body so that you can properly love the Lord with all of your strength. Mm -hmm. That Because I don't, 
I can't do it if I'm polluting my body with bad things. Yeah. Well, it gets back to what the research is, right? So fatigueness and inflammation and what they're starting to realize is all of those things can even contribute to anxieties and, and depression. I mean, all of that, and it starts to spiral your way down. So, yep. uh, and then you're missing out on what God has designed for each one of us. I truly believe that. Like God has that fingerprint that says, hey, Aaron, this is what I have designed for you. And, but we have a responsibility in that. Yes. And, and we have to step into that in order for, uh, you know, God to, I'm going to say, reveal what he ultimately has, you know, for our lives. There, there is that, you know, we don't get to sit around and he's like, oh, okay, great for that. You know, not doing much. Let me, let me elevate you or let me, you know, go do this. No, you got to do the hard things. Yep. Um, and that's where, that's where you find God. And guess what the hard things are? love and grace and forgiveness and compassion, right? When you're like, I don't want to forgive that person because they're being a total idiot right now or whatever. And um, I, I think that's why I always get back to that because we all need to be reminded of that. Yep, absolutely. And I think to tie this all the way back around to where we started, what does this mean for discipleship? Yeah. Well, it, I think discipleship at its core is helping someone become everything that God intended them to be. I think living into the mind and heart and, and actions of Jesus is all about becoming what God created you to become in its fullest sense, not in an 80% way, in a 100% way, to be what God made you to be. I think, you know, um, Psalm 139 says that God knit you together in your mother's womb. And Proverbs 16 says that all of man's ways seem right to him, but it's the Lord who marks his steps. If God marks our steps, he knits us together in our mother's womb and he marks our steps. I believe that those two things are connected. It's like God, God, when you were conceived, God looked at the whole world and said, what does the world need? And then he went into your mom's womb and he made it. You are a gift that God gave the world. And so who you are is not a mistake. It's not an accident. It's not a, it's not a man that the world would be better off without it. That's just not true. Who God made you to be is waiting to be unlocked. And, and God has created a path for you to walk. I totally believe that. To, to unveil it. That means then that discipleship is about helping us tear down all the obstacles that keep getting in the way of our own success. Some of those are self-imposed. Some of those are culturally imposed. Some of those are um, contextually imposed, like, uh, you know, my mom or my dad or my brother or my sister, whatever. Or that's just how it's always been. Yeah. You know, like, you know, We've never done it that tradition. way before. Yeah. Uh, all of those things influence. The, and, and so discipleship is about coming in and going, no, 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 no. We're going to love the Lord of God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. We are going to love him without hindrance. And that means we got to help people tear all those obstacles down. The wrong thinking that um, allows them to make culturally relevant but biblically contradictory decisions yeah. that look good on paper, uh, but we never learn to trust the Lord. Um, and so all of those pieces, that's discipleship. That's, that's it. Discipleship at its core is about unveiling for people what the Shema really means. What does it mean to love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, and strength? And so th- this is why... 
it, the aerial invitation is so profound. I told yeah. Jason, I told you this before we started recording. I will always have a group of guys that I'm taking through this process until Jesus returns or I die. Um, whichever one comes first. <laughs> I'm kind of planning on being around for a while, so I'm giving him there a lot go. of time to work. A lot of with. time. But um, but that's something that is just so because it's so transformational. It's just so yeah, transformational. Um, and it's it's been really, really incredible to watch as we start to push all three of these pieces, mind, body, spirit, together as we grow them all at the same time. And I would suggest that they kind of all have a tendency to grow at the same rate as well. Like it's not just at the same time, but they're all moving forward at the same rate. Um, what I'm what I'm observing in people, and I observe it in myself, yeah. is the transformation is unbelievable. The the just the confidence, the sense of self, the identity awareness, the the freedom that comes from knowing that I'm stepping into this space of growth. Anyway, I just I, I can't. Uh, I can't, I can't promote it enough. Not because we made it, yeah. which we did. Yeah. Uh, but I, th- I, you know, it's one of those things where um, I think we stumbled into, you know, all truth is God's truth. Um, we stumbled into something that I think God's been wanting the church to pay attention to for a long time. And I'm just excited to be a part of it. Yeah, I am excited to be a part of it too. And, and I think that enthusiasm, like you said, it comes from watching people's lives change. So how do you not get excited about that? And like we said, it's free. So it's yeah. not like we're profiting from, you know, for $29 today, you can go, you know, download it one time or whatever. It's like, right. you know, we want your life to change because that's the reason we built Ariel Tribe is we want to we want to hear about your stories. We want to we want to see your family life change, your business life change, whatever it is, that voice, because we all have that voice with the, those unmarked questions that we wrestle with. And we're always going to wrestle with them. But, you know, as you're listening to this, hopefully this is touching you and it's touching your heart. But just know that there is a tool and it's a very effective tool because it's going to come at it from a 360. Yep. And uh, you may be surprised um, at how simple it is. It's really not this complicated process. What's complicated about it is you, the person, and the effort is the more that you unpack this, the the energy, the clarity, the focus, and the enthusiasm for it um, is pretty spectacular. Yep. And and just as you're as you're sitting there speaking, I'm thinking about all of the objections that people would put up to doing it. Um, if you're sitting there going, "Well, show me where Jesus's discipleship was physical," come with me to Israel. Uh, I, I run a rabbinic style. Um, trip to Israel and and experience how physical the the relationship of this the Talmud to the rabbi was like it is it is something it is something um, it was a very physical experience yeah. and the physicality of it was like for example when when they go to Caesarea Philippi if you look at the stories they have this conversation in Capernaum and then um, the next thing we see is, and they came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. And it's just a sentence in the scripture. And we go, oh, that's interesting. No, 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 no. That's a 26-mile walk. <laughs> like, and, and 
it would be just like a rabbi to say nothing, like just just start walking. He's like, I know where we need to go, and and they head off to Caesarea. Like it's twenty six miles, yeah, right? one way, just to hang out up there. I I just think that that's like we miss all of the things that are going on around the words. It's not it's not just the words. it's, yeah. it's the the experience and the context and the the things that are going on around that that make it so profound and transformational. It's cool. So Jewish prayers and discipleship 2.0. That's yeah. what we're talking about today. <laughs> um, and that that's exciting. Before we tie this down, um, I want for you, you got a big announcement about this week. Yeah, this was a really big week. Uh, so Prodigy Performance is a supplement company that uh, put together with some partners. And we launched Wednesday with these plant-based, really clean products to help support what we're talking about. Um and uh, yeah, we put a lot of money and energy and time into designing these products uh, to do something pretty special. So we're excited about it. And they do. They do do something special. I said, I said do-do. They, they do something very special. Um, that is, uh, it's fun to watch people get use the products yeah. and then get excited about like, I didn't realize a supplement could do this. Yeah. You know, the one, the product, well, I'm actually drinking right in front of you is, 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 I mean, now I feel like I'm selling a product, but it's our green product where, you know, we, we've designed the products to, you know, when people think of supplements, they typically think of like, Oh, well, I've got to go into the gym or I got to do things. No, it's really designed. When you talk about that 360, it all starts with your immunity. It all gets back down to that cellular level and, and really empowering somebody at that point so that you're always strong to go do what you need to go do. And so um, I'm really proud of it. Uh, like I said, we really put some really smart minds around this. There's a lot of supplements out there, but uh, the other problem is there's not transparency about what's in it. And you know my feeling about that. Right. And, and um, who the partners are, they're just, they're really amazing people. Yes. So. Yeah, I'll give you guys one pro tip. If you ever buy a supplement that says proprietary blend, don't yeah. don't take it. Yeah, just don't take don't it. Don't take it. You yeah. need to know what's in it. What are you putting in your body? Yeah. You need to know that and it matters. And you need to know that you're getting that in the right quantities. Correct. So um, it's super significant. So if people wanted to check that out. Yeah, uh, go to uh, becomeaprodigy.com because we believe everyone's a prodigy. And that's kind of what the, the theme is behind the company is, is it kind of ties back to this conversation is that God designed us all to do great things. Prodigies are not for those that are, we watch on TV uh, and that we hold up in high regards. No, it's to all of us. And so we want to fuel that. We want to encourage it and fuel it. And so um, I'm really uh, excited about uh, what I think God's going to do with that company. I feel like um, on the old Bob Newhart show, there was a guy named, uh, what was his name, Larry, and he had his brother Daryl and his other brother Daryl. Oh, I um, think I know what you're talking about. The, that was an old reference to television. <laughs> but every, t- every time we talk about Prodigy, I feel like that. Like, my name's Aaron. This is my brother Jason, my other brother yeah. Jason. Uh, what you guys have done, I'm, I, like, I'm really proud to, to know you and to Thanks. promote it and to Thanks. support it. And, Thank um, you. And I have nothing. I gain nothing from saying this. I gain absolutely nothing from saying this. So I can say it from from a real place. It's the real deal. Thanks. I appreciate that. All right. So that's our episode. That's our episode. Uh, Appreciate you guys listening. Tune in soon and we will be back with more good stuff. Thanks everyone.